This is Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Mark. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And I'm Lena. Make sure to give us five stars on iTunes. You know, you guys can do that every single time you listen. Every time. Give five stars. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. What? On the same account? Really? I thought it was you do it once and you're done. No. Serious? Mm. Stop it. No. It counts as as a rating? Yeah. Can't we just find a company, pay them some money? Every time I you go in my that. iTunes app, I... Yeah. I bet yeah. you that's what just, John MacArthur just does. Just email John, or Mark Driscoll. I bet that people do yeah. that. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll help you out. He'll get you number one on the... Uh, <laughs> the Mark, Dr- the Mark Driscoll School of Marketing. <laughs> just just Get the church to buy the book. <laughs> and you, you go to Amazon Top Seller. Yeah, yeah man. So we're talking... Um, <laughs> Demons. Well, that evolved they, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you okay, Mark? No, it's just, it's just funny. I was, I was, no, I was just, in a sad way. No, it's just, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we come to the, this is, this is the final topic of the spiritual realm. And so we've done angels, we've done Satan, and now we do demons. And this, by the way, closes out systematic theology one. That's right. I was shocked when you told me that. Yeah. So then we'll, well, we got a couple to do on demons. Yeah. And but, then we'll, we'll jump this, into. This is the last subject. Yeah. Then we get into the fun stuff. Yeah. I I think so. Yeah. Theology too. It'll yeah. be doctrine of Christ, man. Sin. Uh, sin and salvation. Right. <laughs> that sounded like one of those, um, uh, those fake punch sounds that they put in like. Push. Yeah, it just was Well, really, yeah, that's when I did karate, you were trained to perfect. make that noise so that when you were shadow boxing, it sounded like you were smacking people. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're the one that took, took it there. So, okay, so let's get it back. All right, so we're going to, let's, well, yeah, we're doing demons. And so we're just going to begin here by giving a basic survey of their existence. Should we mention that we have a website now? Yeah, well, I mean, we... So there's probably like a few episodes that'll be released. Oh yeah, until until this one. But yeah. but you can get all your show notes right on there. See yes, all of our references, which is going to make it a little easier for us because we don't have to mention every single right. Bible verse. Right. Because yeah. this one is kind of heavy on Bible verses. Not that that's a burden in and of itself. It's just yeah, we're not reading them all. So yeah. But if you ever want to do in depth study, bam, right there, yeah. provided free of charge. Yeah. Five stars, people. Five stars. It's all it's going to cost you. Or you could buy a mug. Or a yeah. mug. And uh, it costs out of charge. $12. $12. Plus shipping. Plus $8 of shipping. Yeah. And if somebody That's wants to deal. give us counsel on how to reduce that <laughs> yes, shipping. We will take it. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. We'll, I, I will give you a mug. Yeah, yeah. And I will do it. Just if you can show us how we can get that cheaper. because yeah, Especially to Canada. Well, not even Canada. Anywhere in the world. Like we have tons of but, but in Canada, there's not even water. But involved. if we can just ship it to Chicago without having to go broke, that's true. Yeah, like yeah. come on. Well, I bet you it's demonic. 
Well, See how I brought that like, all the way around. Well, that's <laughs> called being a pro. <laughs> no, you brought that faith and fable mug in there, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Johnny, what's the most expensive rate you got? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was Sorry, it. Maybe Johnny. it's somebody who doesn't like our podcast, and he's like, oh, we'll keep this one spreading. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> FedEx sh- sabotage. So, <laughs> demons. Basic survey of their existence. Um well, the, the Old Testament data, explicit Old Testament data is limited. Yep. There's not a Very lot about little. it. In fact, when I uh, recently did the thing in Luke, um, I just I did not know this, and I guess it makes sense, but there's not one account of demonic mm, possession yeah. at all in the Old Testament. Right. That's huge. Except kind of the thing with Saul, but there it's not. <laughs> is that a Trumpism right there? <laughs> yeah, like, no. Did you just say Election year, guys. <laughs> I don't want any angry letters. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to talk about demons. God, here. We're on. never going to get through this tonight. Um, Sorry, it's my fault. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, there's no, that one thing was Saul, but it's the. The Witch of Endor? No, and it's an evil spirit. Oh, yeah, the evil spirit. But, but it says it just came upon him. It didn't. Right, 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 right. You know, so that's kind of oh, the closest you get. Right. You know, there's not an account of possession and certainly no account of exorcism or anything. So, so all that to say is there's no explicit data really in the Old Testament. So we won't say anything. Right. So what about New Testament? A lot. So totally different. Um, there are a lot of summary statements in the Gospels of Jesus's work about uh, demons, uh, including the expulsion of demons. Um and I like the way you wrote this, and you wrote, the passages are too legion to list. You like that? Yeah. Was, <laughs> you were you that. doing a play on words there? Bam. Did yeah, you smile when you wrote that? Yeah, I had a, yeah, I had a little cocky. Uh, mm. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> turn the phrase there. Anyhow, examples would be Matthew 4.24, Mark 1.32, and several others that you can look at. Um, but there's also many statements regarding Jesus's commissioning that same work through his representatives, the disciples. Um, and again, the references are, as he said, legion. Um, <laughs> along with that, though, I, it's, that's a great line. I thought it was clever. Yeah. And, and now it turns out you weren't even trying to do that, huh? Well, I, I, that's what the word that popped in my head, and I'm like, this is too punny, but I'm doing it anyway. Oh, I, I thought it was great. I'm, I smiled. Anyhow, um, you also have false accusations um, about demon possession. So you may recall the one about John the Baptist. You can see that in Matthew eleven eighteen, and against Jesus himself, um, Matthew nine thirty four, that he was uh, possessed by demons. So yeah, uh, these are these are some of the New Testament issues. Yeah, then then you got some specific demoniacs um, that are listed in the New Testament. You so, say demoniacs. How, how do you say it? Demon, demoniacs. Yeah, demoniac, demoniacs. I don't know. I don't re- know if I have an opinion on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. Let's just move on. Uh, Diamonidzimai. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. That's that's what I would prefer. <laughs> yeah, right. That just sounds cool. Oh, wow. Um, so here's just uh, some specific references. You have the Gadarene demoniac from Matthew 8, 28 through 34. Uh, you have the dumb man in Matthew 9. Dumb as in? D-U-M-B. No, meaning he can't speak. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the clarification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that, that is what I meant by it, yes. Um, in 932 through 33. Um, 
Then you have the blind and dumb man, Matthew 12, 22, Luke 11, 14. Uh, the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman, Matthew 15, 22, Mark 7, 25. Uh, you have the boy uh, after Christ's transfiguration in Matthew 17, 14 through 20. Uh, the man at Capernaum in the Capernaum synagogue in Mark 1, 23, and then Luke 4, 30. Um, just preach on that. Um, Mary Magdalene is said to have had a demon, Luke 8, tw uh, 2. And then that girl at Philippi, which is my favorite. That's the one where Luke, or no, uh, Paul, yeah. just he becomes annoyed with her. And that's his motive for casting out yeah. a demon. <laughs> She's just following him for a day or so, <laughs> harassing him. But right. I really do think that. I'm looking forward to getting to that one. There's a few places in Acts because I'm for the everyone listening. I'm starting Acts this Sunday, and there's just some humorous. I mean, the guy that falls from the rafters, yeah, you know, because he falls asleep and he raises him up and then goes back to teach. There's just yeah. humor. No, no focus on that resurrection at all. Yeah, yeah, and nobody seemed to really care no. about that, or at least Luke didn't. He's like, yeah, Paul you know, there's that. there's a book out there I'm preaching called Saving Eutychus. In, <laughs> I've actually heard of that. Yeah, it wasn't. It was fine, but it was just a funny title because he falls asleep during Paul's sermon. And anyway, yeah. Um, so anyway, here th this is just a list in in the Gospels and Acts. Um, the point though is one who accepts the Bible as God's word and also Jesus' testimony about demons must accept their existence. Right. Uh, so. And and that's probably one of the things that we we try to do over and over again though is. If you're going to just take the word, the Bible at its word, you, you've got to start embracing things maybe that you don't think about. And that's what we're trying to do in the systematic theology, right? We're trying to do such a broad spectrum of stuff that a lot of people never work through. And demons is one of them, uh, especially in America. Um, now, again, in Ethiopia. Were you there when Demeke was telling me how he led a, a, a guy to Christ? Demeke is a guy, in, uh, an evangelist in Ethiopia, for those who don't know. But he was telling me about how he's like, yeah, so uh, he was persecuting us, and I began to share Christ. And he said, and he came to Christ. He says, and then he just casually, he's like, and of course I had to uh, expel a demon. <laughs> and he just goes on. No, I'm, I didn't hear that. Oh, and I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> Back up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? I said, Say that again? Well, he came to Christ. I'm like, no, no, I got that one. <laughs> what What'd you say about a demon? He's like, well, I had to expel a demon. I said, are you serious? He's like, well, yeah, that's pretty common. I'm like, not in America. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, yeah. Uh, so in Africa, it's one thing, but here in America, that's just not talked about. Yeah. Um, so there's also the biblical terminology for demons. So we'll deal with that. Shadim. Uh, in the Old Testament, um, ancient Near East background, uh, undoubted, undoubtedly, uh, this is Victor Hamilton writing, yeah. the Hebrew shed is to be connected to the Babylonian word shadu, a demon, either good or evil. In pagan religions, the line between gods and demons is not a constant one. And that's actually important to know. There are demons who are bene beneficent and gods who are malicious. Generally speaking, though, a demon was conceived as being less powerful than God. Yeah. Um, and then Sater, uh, it means hairy or he goat. Uh, I can't, I, I just can't say that word. Sater. Um, I, yeah, but that's not how I grew up. 
saying it, and I know it's wrong, uh-huh. and, and then my literally my tongue just freezes in my mouth. Gotcha. Seder. Hairy goat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if, you, if you've ever seen the Seder, the little, Seder, right? The little woodland creatures. Yeah. Yeah. And he's running around with... demon? Mr. Goat, yeah. Thomas? Half, yeah. half goat, half man. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It, it may refer to the demon-possessed goat, um, like the swine of uh, the Gadarenes. Uh, also, in Psalm 96.5, possibly the word Elohim, uh, which means gods, but it can also take on the connotation of possibly demons. So. Yeah. Demigod or something. So those are your Old Testament ones. What about new? Yeah. So in the New Testament, then the Greek terms will be a diamond. So you got, first of all, pre-New Testament development. Um, so in, well, in, we're in the weeds now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in, in the Homeric period. Is that like Homer? Yeah, Homer. Yeah. Uh, guy who wrote Iliad and Odyssey, yeah, stuff like that. Um, so this, I guess, would be Attic Greek for those who know Greek. Um, in the Homeric period, it was used to designate a super... <laughs> We're just two little fish swimming around in the weeds, <laughs> inviting people to come along with us. Yeah, yeah they've, they've clicked off by now, so whatever. Um, so in the, in the Homeric period, it, it, the, this term, daimon, was used to designate supernatural power. Uh, there was little difference at the time between theos, which is God, and right. the term daimon. Um, however, it appears that Daimon was used to speak of an unknown supernatural power. Mm-hmm. Now in the, the post Homeric times, so this would be like New Testament times, mm-hmm. uh, it referred to intermediates known as demigods, um, which are basically in, in Greek mythology, it'd be, uh, you know, half man, half Wasn't God. was Hercules a demigod? Yeah. 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 Um, so intermediates known as demigods. Yeah, or the, or the spirits of the good men of, of the golden age, which if you know your Greek mythology, you know what we're talking about. If not, who cares? Um, a later rabbinical association was that demons are were just morally imperfect beings. That's how they viewed them. Uh, and then in the pseudepigraphical writings, there was an identification with fallen angels. So, so in other words, all you're doing in that fascinating little jaunt was showing that the, the, there's a word that's used yeah. and then there's it, a development it, of it. There, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so if you were to look at this and go to Wikipedia or something like that, which we don't recommend, but if you <laughs> did, um, you, you might get confused and say, well, it looks yeah. like this or that. And it's just, it's the nature of words. Words evolve mm-hmm. and develop and change. And yeah. so... Once we get into the New Testament, though, it's only used once after all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's used once in Matthew 8.31. Yeah. Um, but also, if you are a believer in the Texas Receptus, it also occurs one, two, three, four more times in Mark 5.12, Luke 8.29, and Revelation 16.14 and 18.2. So, yeah. uh, but only uh, if you're using the Texas Receptus. Yeah. Um, then you have diamonion, which um, and this is a a diminutive that comes from daimon, right. the one the word we just talked about. So it, it would mean something like lesser deity or inferior deity. The Jews preferred this term over daimon, the one we just talked about, because they viewed any other supernatural being as just being somehow by nature less than true deity. Right. So because of their strong monotheism, they're right. like... We, exactly. We, and and they yeah. knew that it had that connotation. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So of that term, there's 63 occurrences in the New Testament. So again, far more than the other term, which 
comes once. <laughs> uh, there were also other derivatives of this word that occurs well, but we're not going right. to bore you with those. Then you have pneuma uh, as qualified by adjectives or contextual facts, such as a bad spirit or an evil spirit. Um, but you have, like in Matthew 8, 16, just the word pneuma is used, but the context let, lets us know it's a de demon, so it's not a good spirit, um, as the context is talking about some kind of possession. Um, in fact, never is an angel come and inhabit a, or possess or... No. no. And we'll actually get into that a little bit, but yeah. But in Matthew 10, uh, 1, it's called an unclean spirit. In Matthew 12, 34, a more wicked spirit. Uh, in Mark 9, 25, a deaf, a deaf and dumb spirit. So again, all of them are using that word spirit, and they're just adding right. adjectives. Um, Luke 4, 33, a spirit of an unclean demon. Uh, seven twenty one of Luke, evil spirit. Luke thirteen eleven, sickness caused by spirit. Acts sixteen sixteen, spirit of divination. First um, Timothy four one, a deceitful spirit. So a lot like Satan. There's just not much good about them. Right. Um, Revelation sixteen fourteen, the spirit of demons. So there, there's in other words, there's spirit beings in some sense. Right. Um, so it's the same term that is referred to the spirit of God, um, except that's qualified with holy. Right. <laughs> so the Holy yeah. Spirit, right. in contradistinction to all these evil, unclean, wicked, dumb, right. so on and so forth. So those are the terms. That's the, the lexical stuff. Um, so then there's theories on identification of, of demons. I find this stuff interesting. Um, and this is just, what is a demon? I mean, so as you're reading and you're coming across these references in the New Testament. What are we even talking about? Um, so the first one is that theories are, or the first theory is that demons are simply personified diseases. This, mm -hmm. this is very popular in the Western world. Yeah, yeah it very. actually is today. Yeah. Um, now the assumption here is that certain diseases were, were superstitiously regarded as being the result of some kind of demonic influence. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, epilepsy was one. Really? Mm -hmm. mm. Um, makes sense. I mean, it's yeah. very scary. I guess so. Um, so that, yeah, that's the assumption there. But the problem is, is very frequently does the New Testament distinguish between demon possession and physical diseases. Right. Um, you know, so you see that in Mark 4, 24. I, I even tried to show that a little bit in Luke 4, 31 through 44 when I preached it, how in the same passage you have demonic possession of in the Capernaum temple, and then Jesus goes out and heals those who are sick. So yeah. even Luke understands a distinction between sickness, sickness and yeah. demons. Um, sometimes though, physical infirmities are associated with demon possession to uh, the extent that the delivered victim is then said to have been healed. And we see that actually in Matthew 17, 14 through 18. Um, but the point to understand is that it's only sometimes um, and indeed, there's a rare witness to that of in the New Testament of sickness with demonic activity. Well, and we got into that bit with Satan where he was able to do things um, and cause things like he caused a great wind or great earthquake yeah, and things like yeah. that. And there's no reason we shouldn't be shocked when we can see then a demon capable of afflicting a person with a some kind of a sickness or, or physical infirmity. It's just all you're saying is don't make the error of then assuming that that's what is happening. Yeah. 
in 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 your situation. Sometimes it's just a flu bug. Yeah. You know. Um and, and the reason we'll say sickness isn't demons is because when you examine the data, there is evidence for personalities of demons and it's compelling evidence. Um, so you, you have intellect in Mark 1, 24. Uh, they are sensible, especially when it comes to their emotions. You yeah. see that in James 2, 19, they have fear because right. of knowledge. Right. Um, you know, they exhibit a will in Matthew 8, 31. They have moral responsibility in Matthew 8, 29, and they have speech. In Mark 5, 7, Jesus engages them in dialogue. So, yeah, and flu doesn't have speech. Right. That's, <laughs> That's the, the point, point right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, they, and flu never gets afraid. It just, the virus goes away. Doesn't have a will. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, our conclusion on this one is that it's a bad view. Um, now, it's not wrong to associate illnesses with demonic activity, Um because you do see that again, but it, it's wrong to equate sickness as being somehow demonic right. activity in and of itself. Right. Uh, further physical affliction is not the main way that demonic activity is seen in the scriptures. Um, that's a rare way, though we do see evidence of that in the New right. Testament. So, so what's another theory? Then there would be the theory that demons are disembodied spirits of the evil dead. That's what you're gonna see in the movies. Um, very common ancient Greek view. Uh, example, Josephus said that if you don't know who he was, he was an ancient historian. Actually, have you read his writings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Josephus said that demons were the spirits of the wicked that entered into men that are alive and kill them unless they can obtain some help against them. So that, that was a very, very common view. Um, however... Human spirits are not free to wander where they want. Uh, this is clear from Scripture. Uh, you can see like in Luke 16, 27 to 31. Uh, in Hebrews 9, 27, it says it's appointed once for men to die and then face judgment, not wander around and right. afflict people, yeah, be yeah. ghosts or poltergeists. <laughs> um, makes for a good movie, but not theology. Um, so there's no such thing as a haunting or vengeful spirits. All people die and immediately they they face their maker. Um, there are two occasions where this seems to have an exception though, right? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. first seems, uh, the first occurred for God's own special purposes in First Samuel 28 with the witch of Endor. Mm -hmm. And then also in Matthew 17 at the transfiguration. Yeah, um, Moses and Elijah. Right, right. Yeah. However, we don't have enough data with that <laughs> to be able to do anything with it. And so um, anyone who tries to build a whole ministry on or proof upon those. They're just going well beyond what the text says. Uh, human spirits are never though depicted as having that knowledge or the powers which demons would demonstrate. And so we would argue it's it's a bad view or in light of our name, it's fably. Yeah, well, fably. Um, so then there's a third theory and that is that demons are disembodied spirits of the pre-Adamic race. Yeah. It's actually oh, having man. a it's actually having a bit of a resurgence uh, with people who are trying to argue for a non literal understanding of Genesis. People again, people got to get their doctorate somehow. Well, oh, I mean, when you got a, a Tim Keller talking about pre humanoid, yeah, uh, people. Those are the demons. And, well, and yeah, right. It's, okay. So. Okay, so so pre Adamic race. What does it mean that there was some kind of race before Adam? 
yep. in some way. Okay, so so here are their presuppositions. And the word presupposition is an important word because yeah. that's all it is. It's not evidence. They have to hold to these first. First of all, the presupposition is there is a gap between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. Whole books have been written on that. Yeah, like thousands or millions of years, right? Um, second presupposition, there is an existence of a pre-Adamic race. So that in and of itself is a presupposition. Um, and then the third one would be, there's a distinction between demons and angels. <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, His spelling is atrocious. <laughs> Actually, it says between demons and angels, but I'll just fix that right now. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so demons and angels are, are never equated in the Bible. Um, demons, cra this again, these are presuppositions. Demons crave embodiment. Um, the, they'll say that, you know, demons will even settle for pigs yeah. to be, to embody pigs. Mm, you see sure. that in Matthew 12, 43, Mark 5. What, what they don't want to do is be cast into the abyss. It's like, right. oh, we'll go anywhere, anything, but yeah. Yeah. Well, cause their constant question when Jesus shows up is, are you yeah. here to destroy us? Yeah. Because yep. we know that's what you've come to yep. do. So at least, you know, chuck us into the pigs and let us live for a bit. So, so they'll say they crave embodiment. Um, but then they'll say, but angels are never seen to have such cravings. So there must be a clear distinction between what's called angels and what are yeah, called demons. Yeah, so they're trying to say, see, they can't be fallen angels. They, yeah. they have to be something else. And we're going to go with a pre-Adamic race, which the Bible never mentions, uh, all because we believe there's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, that works for me. Yeah, I, well, I'm convinced. Further in Acts 23, 8 through 9, uh, they'll say that it differentiates between angels who are spirits and then demons. Um, evil angels are said to be bound in Jude 6. Mm. So obviously they're different than demons, these bound evil angels. Um and then they'll, they'll say demons are stupid and angels are intelligent. I don't know where, where, where they get that one from, but whatever. Um, so I'm dragging this out. Okay, so here are the responses. In or, here are the responses to that in, in the order of those assumptions given. First of all, no gap can be documented between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. Again, many trees have died and ink has been spilled because people have tried to argue for that, but yep. it lacks warrant. Um, Adam and Eve are consistently presented in the Bible as the fountainhead of the race. That's very clear. Genesis 3.20, Romans 5.12, 1 Corinthians 15.45. Um, there's no biblical evidence that would uh, forbid the identification of demons with fallen angels. Um, they are never distinguished in the Bible, in fact. Um, and then second, that, that craving of an embodiment is overly emphasized and then generalized. Yeah. Um, Quite probably it's to accomplish certain things when they do possess. I have thoughts on that, but, um, you know, again, the situation with the pigs is better understood to be desperation as an alternative to being destroyed. Yeah, they just don't want to go to the abyss. That's the real point. Yeah. Ex yeah. Um, and they know that they're at the point that they're confirmed by Jesus. They know that they're under his control because they on their own had uh, possessed this person. Right. And now that they're confronted with him, they, they know there's only one option. We're going away. Yeah. And so they're begging for some other option. So they say, how right. about putting us in the pig? Yeah. The pig. I, that it was very helpful for me in the Luke 4, 
thing I did with the the man who was possessed by a demon in the Capernaum synagogue. Right. Because demons know, based on Old Testament, that the Messiah, one of his jobs was to destroy the works in the kingdom of darkness right. to which right. these demons belong. And so when he recognizes Jesus to be this Messiah who he wasn't expecting, he he it's translated as ha, but it's the Greek term ea, um, which comes from a verb that means to you know command someone to back away out of fear. So he recognizes, crap, this is the Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he asks the question, are you here to destroy us? You know, So they know who he is and they just don't wanna be destroyed. Uh, and then last, Satan who unde uh, undoubtedly falls into the class of angels. We talked about that in Satanology. Um, he himself is s said to be entering Judas. Right. Um, so uh, in Acts 23, 8 and 9, Spirit doesn't refer to demons in contrast to angels. Spirit is often used of angels as well as of demons. Um, not all evil angels are bound. I mean, an example of that is Satan. Right. So they can't use the Jude 6. Um, and there's no indications that demons are stupid. I mean, there's <laughs> there's no biblical evidence for that. So this also is a bad view, bad theory of demons. Right. So then there's the theory that demons are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim in Genesis 6. Um, in Genesis 6, 4, uh, that word is used. Um, and that they they argue that they're the sons of God who cohabited with the women. Women. Uh, and uh, produced the mighty men. Um, so this view states, and you guys can actually go back, we'll touch on this all, but we, we dealt with that whole Genesis 6 already. So this view states that when God judged um, them, all of the Neph Nephilim died, but their spirits were loosed and craved an embodiment. Um, and now our response to that would be the key problem with the view is that there's no clear statement regarding the Nephilim and who they were prior to the death. There's we, don't, we still don't know who they are. Yeah. Were they men or some other type of creature similar to angels? Some people think uh, Goliath was yeah, one of the right. Nephilim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's an argument that the Canaanites um, oh, yeah. participated in the same sin as pre-flood, and that's why they were told to be totally wiped out. Um, yeah, the, our a Amorites, I believe it was. I was going to say because uh, when you know when they're sending Joshua is being sent to check them out, and they're like, yeah. "These people are huge." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and no, but that's one of the arguments that some people make, and it's possible. Um, when trying to argue for this position, usually they'll go to like Second Peter two four or Jude six. Um, yet, if you use these passages, uh, somehow they describe disembodied spirits caused by the flood, then they don't help the position at all anyhow. Um, for in both cases, the passage clearly shows that those angels were kept in hell, so they're not wandering around looking for an embodiment. Yeah. Um, they're kept in eternal bonds, like Jude says, um, so it, it, it keeps them from being able to possess. Yeah. So then what's the good theory? So um, that's, again, we don't like yeah, that one. Right, right. Um, so the, the final theory, which we like or hold to, is that demons are indeed fallen angels and it possesses the strongest biblical data to support it, which is why we hold to it. Um, so just some examples um, in Matthew 12, 24 paired with Matthew 25, 41 um, in 12, 24, it says, but when the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man casts out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons 
a reference to Satan, the ruler of the demons. And then in 2541, it says, then he also will say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Um, so, so here we have Satan as ruler of the demons, and then also Satan as his angels. Right. Um, in other words, demons and angels are, are, are interchangeable. Right. Um, and they both in some way are ruled by Satan. Right. Another one you can go look at would be Matthew 4, 6 with 25, 41. Uh, Lena, would you like to read the Matthew 4, 6 one? Sure. And, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Okay, and so he had that. You have the phrase uh, "his angels," and then again that we have it in twenty five forty one, which you already read, where it says it's been prepared for the devil and his angels. The key thing there is you got the possessive uh, pronouns in both cases. God has his angels, and Satan has his yeah. right. uh, angels. So, and there's no debate; they're angels, right? Um, and then in Luke 9, 26, uh, it says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of his holy angels. So here the term holy angels um, gives the implication that there are angels that are not holy. Right. And that's the point. It's an implied one, but... Well, yeah, but it but it's there. Yeah. Uh, same thing. I I haven't read ahead, but the elect angels, right? Which implies there's non elect. Um, but then you got First Corinthians six three. Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the matters of this life? So apparently, and this one has always intrigued me. Uh, we're going to judge angels. So if the ones in heaven are holy angels, exactly what are we judging? <laughs> it's like, you yeah, you're, you're not you're, guilty, yeah. and neither are you. And next, yeah, uh, that sounds boring. Um, so if the ones in heaven are holy, we're not judging them. So the implication is that there are unholy angels right. that require judgment. Right. Uh, and then in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, um, uh, you have because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason to keep me from exalting myself there was given to me a thorn in the flesh a messenger of satan to torment me to keep me from exalting myself and the term there that we translate as messenger is the greek term angelos which is angel angel yeah um so an angel of satan uh first timothy five twenty one. Uh, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and his chosen angels or the elect. So it is in there. Uh, <laughs> they imply that those angels, therefore, there's also those angels that were not the elect or the evil or fallen. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then in 2 Corinthians 2, 4, for if God did not spare his angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment, um, then there's more, but so, so these are our angels who are in hell awaiting their final judgment. What passage? Second Peter. I thought you said second Corinthians. Did I? I think you did. Oh, I'm like, my apologies. I'm like wow. I, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Second Peter two, four. Can you please get your references right? <laughs> Sorry, sir. Off here. Not only is your spelling atrocious. Gosh. Okay. Uh, and then Jude six, uh, the angels did not keep their own domain but abandoned their proper abode. So uh, he has kept in eternal bonds uh, uh, under darkness for the judgment of the great day so that they had a domain, a proper domain, a place they belonged, but they abandoned that. 
Yeah. And so that's the point again. Right. Uh, that they were angels who fell or, yeah. Yeah. And then just the final one in Revelation 12, um, in verse 7 and then in verse 9 as well, 7 says, And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon, the dragon and his angels waged war. So you have Michael and the angels and the dragon and the angels. And Michael has his angels. Earlier we talked about God and his angels. Now here we, it's just Michael. Yeah, as the archangel. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, obviously there's a distinction there again, but nevertheless they're, they're all seen as angels in some capacity. Um, and that, that's the point to understand. Right. So we would conclude then, demons are angels are angels fallen, fallen, fallen angels. angels yeah yeah so sufficient for now yeah uh we'll we'll get into more later um and we'll talk about um we're gonna do a thing on the sons of god in genesis 6 and you'll either like it or get mad at us yeah we don't know um uh, but history's on our side yes um <laughs> it's the oldest view yeah um we'll talk about some of the activities of demons uh of course demon possession what's that all about and the identification of demons as well as expulsion or what's commonly referred to as exorcism. Um, and then their final destiny, Exorcism. of course. <laughs> Exorcism. Um, so, so that's what's to come. Uh, but until next time, what should they do? Well, you said last time I didn't have the right cadence. I, just, I need a little more energy for right. you. Until then, make sure you tune in, <laughs> join the conversation, let us know what you think, and don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review and tell your friends. You said friend. Tell your friend. <laughs> your one friend. Because <laughs> if you listen to our podcast, you probably yeah. only have one. Because we have none. If yeah. that. <laughs>